What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market is your home for huge savings on name brand products. This week, have a fun and delicious start to your morning with Post Nutter Butter Cereal. 19-ounce boxes are just 99 cents. That's a wow savings of up to 80% versus traditional grocery stores. Also, Star Kiss Chunk Light Tuna, 5-ounce cans are buy two, get one free. That's a wow savings of up to 64%. Limit three free. Offers good through March 12th. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. Welcome to another episode of Hardwood Knocks. This is Adam Frommel and Andy Bailey here, and today we're going to be doing a Twitter mailbag. Over the last couple days, we've asked all of our followers on our personal accounts on the Hardwood Knocks handle to submit trade ideas, to submit NBA questions, and we're going to take some time to answer the best ones today. So we'll just jump right into it, and Andy, this first question is from Bredden McElrath at Boiler BMAC, and he asked, does Derek Rose have any legitimate trade value? Oh, man. That's actually a tough question for me. I I think I've been about as hard on Derrick Rose as anyone this season. He's actually been a little bit better over the last couple weeks. I I think he has trade value just because of his name and just because we've seen in years. I think front offices are getting smarter, but we've still seen in years past that sometimes these astronomical contracts that we... The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Don't think can be moved. Still somehow get moved. Um, I think there's got to be one or two teams out there who still think Derek Rose was the league MVP, uh, the youngest MVP ever. He's still in his 20s. We have a great coach. We have a great training staff. We can rehabilitate this guy. I don't know I don't know specifically which team that is, um, but I think there's got to be a couple out there. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you because if nothing else, he's going to sell shoes. He's going to put fans in seats. He's going to get all-star votes, and he, he still could – rebound a little bit into uh into at least a shadow of the player he was before because you know he is dealing with the double vision issues this season and still has these occasional bursts where 
it looks a little bit like the Rose of old. He's never going to be a legitimate all-star again, but I don't know that that's why you're trading for him. The only concern I'd have is with his contract, you know, he's making $20 million this year. He's making 21.3 next year, and then it does expire. So to get him, a team is going to have to give up a lot in order to match salaries. And I don't know that you're going to be able to put together a realistic trade situation that actually moves him away from Chicago, even if he does still have a bit of value. I actually, I kind of lied. I do have a couple of teams in mind. Because <laughs> I, I actually wrote about this a couple weeks ago. And I, I ran this by a, a Bulls writer, and he didn't, <laughs> he wasn't too jazzed about any of them. But I want to run them by you, too, just to see what you think. Okay. Um, Derek Rose and a pick, second-round pick, just you know, some kind of throw-in, for a Flalo and Calderon on the Knicks. It works salary-wise. I, I ran it through the trade machine. Yeah, I can, I can see that happening just because the Knicks are so desperate for their, their next point guard. But at the same time, like it, it, it doesn't really feel like a Phil Jackson move to saddle his yeah. team with an aging Carmelo Anthony and a Rose who we can't expect anything from. And it's just going to make that rebuilding process harder because so much of what they're doing is preparing for the next free agency cycle. And if you're putting $21 million onto the books right there for a yeah. player you don't know is going to be productive, that's a hard sell. That's probably true. And I, I think a lot of what they're doing now is geared towards like unloading, actually, and starting to build around Chris Dapps. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to hear another one? Yeah, sure. About <laughs> uh, <Not> all day. <laughs> Derek Rose... And a second-round pick for Joe Johnson. That one's a lot more fun because Brooklyn does need that star power and a guy who's going to get fans excited about the team again who does have upside, which we know that Joe Johnson doesn't have at this point. And I believe Johnson's contract expires at the end of this season. Let me check that one real quick. So that does actually let the Bulls rebuild if that's true. Or not even rebuild, but at least restock. Yeah, Johnson's expiring. So that's the appeal for the Bulls, I think is you get out from under Derrick Rose's contract. And the Nets, I, mean, I think, Nets, are one of the those. The Nets don't have any way to rebuild here because they no have, one's yeah, going to exactly. that team. There aren't any draft picks. So if there is an organization that's going to take a flyer on someone like Rose, who we know has that, probably not MVP upside anymore because of all the injuries, but at least we know that he's been there before and he's still relatively young, then they're going to be someone who might be willing to do that. Yeah. yeah. I think they're, like I was going to say, they're one of those teams I was talking about earlier who <laughs> – you know, there are teams out there that will take a flyer on a bad contract. And Billy King has, has proven more than once that he's, he might be that guy. Yeah, it's just it's so sad to think about this player who's only 27 years old. It's we're talking about trading him and a pick for Joe Johnson. Um, all right, do you have anything else on Rose? No, I think that one is my winner there. Okay, I'm pretty happy about that. That was actually the one that the Bulls writer liked too, by the way. So that, that must be the winner. Glad we agree. <laughs> For the record, I'm not the Bulls writer. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you put that out there. Um, I got one from Grant Olson, who is at Mr. Grant Olson. Very easy to find. Is it realistic for the Jazz to move players slash picks for Drew Holiday and worth the risk? He has one more year slash injury history. Yeah, I think that you're the Jazz expert here, so I'm sure that you are going to provide the more definitive answer. But I would say absolutely, because the Jazz don't really need to be in that talent acquisition mode right now. They have so many talented young players that they can afford to give up some picks and maybe one or two of their their promising guys, a Trey Lyles, a uh, 
a, a Rodney Hood or Alec Burks and, and try and get Drew Holiday, who is an all-star when he's healthy, who is a great defender that fits with that mentality, but also has the offensive ability that they so desperately need at the point, because I don't believe that what Trey Burke is doing is actually sustainable. Uh, so yeah, I'm on board with that. I don't mind it. It, I was very like outspoken about Utah keeping everybody and kind of standing pat this summer, but I will readily admit that they have a problem at point guard, especially with Dante Exum hurt. And I don't think I would, I don't think I would give up hood for holiday. One of the names you mentioned, but one guy that I could, and this would depend on whether or not New Orleans was interested. One guy that I could see letting go is Alec Burks. Who's a, a talented scorer? He's a young scorer, but he also hasn't really helped the Jazz win at any point in his career. He's he's been one of their negative guys as a, an on off guy every season. He is this year too. Um, I don't know. Do you think the Pelicans would have any interest in an Alec Burks, especially if they already have Tyreek Evans there? It's I don't know. I do because it's not necessarily about Burks. It's about starting the rebuilding process over yeah. by getting a pick, by getting a talented young player that just brings a breath of fresh air to that organization because what they're doing now is not working. It's not going to work. The mm-hmm. best case scenario in terms of wins this season because of the hole they've dug themselves into is probably going to put them in the 7 or 8 seed and a brutal first-round matchup against the Warriors or the Spurs. So it's in their best interest to tank. And what better way to do that than by getting – a promising player and a pick from a team that could use a point guard that they already have. Yeah, that's true. And one thing I will say about Burks too is he's on a contract that's going to be pretty small under the new salary cap and he's locked up for four years. So they could have a cost controlled shooting guard. Um, I don't know. I don't mind it. I, I still think I lean towards just waiting for everybody to get healthy again. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 it's certainly not something that I would throw out. Yeah, I don't think it can be completely written off. And I don't think this trade can be either. I'll read you another one. This okay. is from, uh, from Jacob Newcomer at JNU Duke. And his question is, will Boogie be traded and to where? I'm going to say no to this one. Um, people have been knocking or calling uh, <laughs> the Kings front office about Boogie, I think, for a while. They haven't moved him yet and I don't I just don't know if they can get his value back in return he's I don't know I haven't I don't know his stats off the top of my head this season but he's one of the most productive centers in the league oh it's Um, like 5 and 10 it's insane yeah and plus last year but it's yeah his his shooting percentage is down this season which is a little concerning um but last year he also added a little bit of playmaking to his game he 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 has assist numbers now um and I get that he has some personality issues. My dogs disagree with you. <laughs> Obviously, vehemently disagree. We got some buggy fans in the house. <laughs> but um, I just think that he is a superstar and you need a superstar to win. And I think the Kings front office hopefully recognizes that. Yeah, it's it's tough for me. I, I kind of vacillate back and forth on this one just because, on one hand, you don't give up the best center in the NBA. Yeah. And I firmly believe that that's what he is. But at the same time, like, it's not working in Sacramento. They can't put the right pieces around him. 
And he is their best asset if they want to completely start over and just try something different. Um, like you said, it's really hard for them to get the value, the, the return that they should get if they do move him. But it might be worth looking into just because you got to do something. Like, can, can Sacramento really just accept this level of basketball for so much longer? Like, they were so happy they got to keep their team in Sacramento instead of seeing it move to a new location. And, and now it's like the same putrid product. Like, they haven't been good since the early 2000s, or at least really good yeah. since the early 2000s. So at some point, you have to try something new. So I'll ask you, the second part of the question is, if, if he does move, where? So That's what, what I was going to location. That's what I was going to throw to you too. I haven't really thought about um, Cousins trades really. I'll jump in then okay, and say Boston. Ahead. I'll say Boston. Oh, that one's that, that they, that's one that's been out there for sure. They need the dominant big man. They have the pieces to move. I mean, they had the log jam in the backcourt. They have the log jam uh, in the front court and as they well. Have, they have David and Lee's have expiring contracts of picks too. Yeah. And they, if any team is in a position to throw multiple first rounders at Sacramento, it's Boston. So if they're going to put together a package that includes a couple first round picks and then maybe like an RJ Hunter and a Jared Sullinger, it, it should be hard for Sacramento to say no to that, even if it's not as much as they would like for Boogie. Okay. So I, I threw something together as you were talking. Um, Cause they also have David Lee's expiring contract, which helps them. <laughs> work a ton of different trades but david lee marcus smart jared sollinger and whatever picks they want to throw in like you said works salary cap wise for um cousins and ben mclemore can we can you make it work with collison and cousins instead if you're giving up smart i think you need a point guard replacement there that's a good call and i think that will work hold on that does I mean, isaiah thomas and avery bradley would be fine but I, I really like the, the way they have it constructed right now where Thomas does get to come off the bench as that super scorer, sixth man. I like that too. And that does work for, for salary purposes. Cousins and Collison for Lee's expiring, Marcus Smart, Jared Sollinger, and then, again, the picks. I kind of like that deal, actually. Yeah, I think it works for both sides. I don't know that it's necessarily even from a talent standpoint, but it doesn't have to be here. And I think Boston, would they would have to include that Brooklyn Nets pick. Did you say that? I didn't say which one, but I mean, they have, what, like 800 first-round picks yeah. in the next four years? Well, that Nets one specifically is, I think, third uh, in the lottery right now. So that has a ton of value. And it might even grow more valuable because the Nets without Jarrett Jack are just going to be a disaster. Yeah, that's true. And it's sad enough that we get to say that without Jarrett Jack, it's a disaster. Yeah. And the, the Sixers are still terrible, but they're suddenly a little bit more competent. And the Lakers had a four-game winning streak recently, so... Who knows what happens to that pick? Mm-hmm. Um, I was—I actually just listened to the Low Post, Zach Lowe's podcast, and they were talking about the Kings front office. And I don't remember if it was Lowe or Windhorse said that uh, general managers have told them that they call Vladi Divac about potential trades, and he just doesn't call them back. <laughs> that doesn't surprise so, me at all. I think there was the report over the summer that he didn't even understand the CBA. Yeah, he—it was the Stauskas trade. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. He didn't understand. I guess Sam Hinkie told him we have to call the league office and, and they finalize it. He didn't know that that was the rule. <laughs> so I, I just add that as sort of a caveat. Any team that's going to be dealing with the Kings has an extra layer of something to deal with. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, it's an ugly situation. Yeah. Um, anything else on Cousins? I've got another one here. Go for it. This is from Greg Mason at Votary of Hoops. Um, he says, part of me wants the Mavs to acquire Markeith because they need the talent, but I'm not sure if the risk is worth the reward. And I, I actually kind of think this is a good, just sort of a jumping off question for Markeith Morris in general, who at this point has destroyed almost any trade value that he ever had. Uh, are the Mavs a possible team or, or, I don't know, anywhere in the league? What do you think are his options looking like? I'm so conflicted here because I don't really like the Mavs taking chances on on players that have had such chemistry concerns. I mean, it didn't work with Lamar Odom. It backfired horribly with Rajon Rondo. And a guy like JaVale McGee is still on the roster. So, you know, we, we can trust Rick Carlisle. Um, but do they really want to do it again? Like, Morris yeah, hasn't know. exactly endeared himself to anybody. So I just don't know that that's the best fit in terms of culture for him right now. Yeah, Dallas has tried a bunch of these and it's like it's basically like one will hit and one will miss every time. Like Will Darren Williams is kind of working this year. JaVale McGee is kind of working this year. But at the same time, I think Rick Carlisle is kind of one of those hard-nosed coaches and it didn't work with Rajon Rondo, it didn't work with Odom like you said. And Markeith Morris has problems with Jeff Hornacek in Phoenix. It it might be even more intense with Rick Carlisle. So I think there is the possibility that that's kind of a powder keg situation. Yeah, I mean, I, he does need to get out of Phoenix. That much oh, is definitely. because yeah. he is a talented player. He can make a positive impact on the court. It's just a matter of putting him in the right situation. And I'd kind of love to see him go to Detroit and reunite with Marcus Morris because that's when he was happiest. That's when yeah. he was willing to, to leave it out on the court every night and, and really become a positive player. So it, it might be hard to make that, that work. But, you know, Stan Van Gundy loves him some stretch fours, and that's yeah. exactly what Morris is. They need depth. Their bench has been arguably the worst in the league this season. So if, if they were willing to give up picks to get him, that's probably the only way it could happen, and that might be tough to sell. This is actually another one uh, that I have some ideas for. Let me just load them real quick. And I think the Pistons was one of them. And it's the same reasons that you mentioned, obviously. Um, what if you do Markeith Morris for, for Ilya Selva and a lottery-protected first-rounder? I think the pick is too much. Because for Markeith? Yeah, because his value has bottomed out. I mean, it's what if not, you're Detroit it's not a question think... of what he's worth. It's, it's what he's going to get. Yeah. And you don't have to offer a first-round pick because nobody else is going to. That's probably true. I think at this point he might be down to a second-rounder. What if, what if, <laughs> I'm just trying to make this work. What if Detroit is so confident that they're going to make the playoffs that they put that protection on there and just assume they're not going to have to give it up? So it's basically, I don't know. Uh, it might still just be a second-rounder. Yeah, but, I think it would probably work best as a second rounder, but it would be fun. Like, I yeah. think the ideal situation is reuniting the twins somehow. And then on on Phoenix's end, you get Ilya Sova, who's about the same age as Morris, and his contract is two years shorter. Yeah. So it just gives you an opportunity to get out from under that money two years earlier. I mean, if you can get anything for him right now, it's a good thing because yeah. that organization is a disaster at yeah. the moment. At this point, it might just be sort of a salary dump. Mm-hmm. Which is that? I mean, that's crazy to think too. 
but he yeah, really I mean, has I, killed his value. I feel like you could even see something like him going to the 76ers and then just absorbing his salary and throwing back a protected second round pick for him. Just get him out of the desert. Yeah. Get some talent on the roster and everybody's happy. He's a Philly guy too, isn't he? I think he's from Philadelphia. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. I will verify so, that though. So maybe there is some intrigue there. I'm going to look it up. He too. is. He is from Philadelphia. Oh, I'm pretty proud Good of myself call. right now. Yeah. Call. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have another? Or was that me? Yeah, that was me. Do you got another one? Yeah, I do. This one is from Mike at, uh, it's, it's to me with a three instead of the E. And uh, he, he asked, can the Hawks win a championship with their current core? If not, what move do you think should be their next step? I don't think they can win a championship. Um, I, I'm sure that's not too difficult for you to hear. Uh, no, no, because it's my answer as well. I mean, yeah, it's you're, pretty, pretty obvious at this point. I don't know what, I mean, what moves can they make? Al Horford is an expiring contract that I'm sure is very intriguing to some title contender out there. One year, 12 million, like that's a great rental for a team uh, who maybe needs a little depth up front. Um, and he, I shouldn't say that he's more than just a little depth up front. He's a very quality starting center. I don't think you can move Millsap. I don't know. Absolutely what he's, not. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, not. His absolutely not for his contract or just, you want him on the Hawks. You need him on the Hawks. For his contract and because you need him. I mean, he's okay. played arguably like a top 10 guy this season. Yeah. He's that been is, awesome. If there's one player you could not give up, it's him. Man, I don't know. Kyle or Jeff Teague has two years and 8 million left. I don't I, you tell me, I, you, you're kind of the Hawks expert here. As much as it pains me to say this, I would see what I could get for Kyle Korver first. I was going to mention him too. He is, he is the veteran on the roster. He's already starting to decline. He's not really going to be a part of the core when this team is ready to compete for a championship if it gets there. So try and get something for him, striking while the iron is still relatively hot. And beyond that, I, again, it pains me to say this, but I would look into moving Schroeder. Because he has pretty clearly proven that he doesn't fit in with this system. He's a talented player. He could be a good defender. He's not yet because he has no idea where to position himself. And he has no idea how to handle screens in any situation. And on offense, he's not an efficient shooter. But he looks to call his own number so often that he disrupts the flow of the offense. This team isn't better when he's on the court. And that's a problem. So he would be good in another system. And I, would, I think that they have to recognize that and get something for him now. And it's okay to start taking some steps backwards because you know that the ceiling isn't that high for this current team. And I, he's out of the rotation at this point, isn't he, Schroeder? I think Shelvin Mack has been playing over him. It's been situational, which is okay. problematic in and of itself. Yeah. And um, also, I wanted to comment on Corver. What, what do you think is up with him? This season, he's shooting the worst three-point percentage of his career, 35.4, and he's a career 43% shooter. Could it be as simple as he's just in an extended slump? I mean, yeah, he doesn't look that tired. The shots just aren't falling, and we see every shooter go through slumps. It's always a little bit more striking when it happens to come at the beginning of a season yeah. because there's nothing else to counterbalance it. That's true. So I think that's all we're seeing, and we've seen some indications that he's heating up a little bit. But he's probably never going to rep- replicate what he did last year. Yeah. So you don't want to throw it on Delhi? I, I'm more <laughs> than willing to do that. Because <laughs> that's, that's my answer in most situations. If presented with that option, <laughs> I will do it. I always want to blame Della Vadova. Yeah. Um, 
Do you have any ideas specifically about Hawks trades? I haven't really thought about it that much. Um, so no, is the simple answer. Um, I what? think you just got to start floating and, and seeing whether you can move up in the draft and, and have a chance to, to get a potential superstar because you probably aren't acquiring one in the trade market uh, with, with the pieces you're, you're willing to offer. That makes sense. Um, let's see if I have another one here. This guy just, this is Gunnar Conway, and it's at Gunnar Conway. He just says Nikola Pekovic and Kevin Martin for literally anything. Awesome. If you can get some team to take on their deals, feel free. Okay, I have a couple Kevin Martin ones for you then. I'll say yes to all of them, as long as he gets them <laughs> off the wall. Let's see if I can find them. There we go. I have not really looked at Pekovic. He just started playing this week. I think he's going to be tough to move. Pekovic, he, he has a They pretty, both are. Yeah. Um, okay. The Heat. Kevin Martin for Chris Anderson, Haslam, and a second-round pick. I thought I was going to say yes to all of them, but I'm not because Haslam cannot be traded. Just for the loyalty's sake? Yeah, yeah. The, the Heat cannot. So much of what they do is about the Heat identity and yeah. the Pat Riley way, and he's not going to trade Haslam. Let me see if I can find somebody else to put in there then. Cause I, I would Talk about a cop-out. Huh? <laughs> no, I, w- I would tend to agree with you, actually. And I think I mentioned that when I was uh, talking about this. Um, before I rework that one, let me see. What about the Clippers? Kevin Martin for Jamal Crawford, straight up. That one's also tough for me because I don't know that that Kevin Martin is the playmaker that they need because so much of what Jamal Crawford does is handle the ball and create for himself and others. And that's not what Kevin Martin has been doing at this stage of his career. So even though he might be the more valuable player, I don't think that he's as good a fit with the Clippers. Yeah. And sorry, certainly, I'm, sorry, I'm shooting these down. No, that's fine. He's certainly, um, what I was going to say is Austin Rivers certainly isn't going to give him that playmaking. Um, I'm going to try to find one that works for the heat again. It's pretty tough if you don't have... For the record, I don't think you're moving Pekovic at all because he is under contract until 2018, which is Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. What if you did Kevin Martin for Chris Anderson and Amari Stoudemire? Both expiring. And Kevin Martin has two years, uh, seven million on each year left. So two so years... Why, uh, I'll, I'll play, some, I'll play some, uh, some devil's advocate here. Why would the, why would the Heat do that? Let me uh, try to remind myself here. Because my, my thought there is they already have Justice Winslow and Gerald Green and Tyler Johnson coming off the bench. Yeah, that is kind of crowded. The, so I think the play. only reason that I kind of had was that they are they're decent offensively now, and I think they're better than they were at the they're better now than they were at the time I wrote this. But they're still twenty sixth and threes. So maybe if they want a little shooting, they throw a couple expiring contracts. Um, I don't know. I think you're just loading up one section of the of the bench a and little bit too heavily, robbing there. another kind of at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's just so hard to find find deals for these guys because they're not valuable and <laughs> they're making a lot of money. And the Timberwolves aren't exactly doing anything to showcase their value at the moment. I mean, Kevin Martin hasn't played since what, like 2013. Yeah, and he yeah he's completely out of the rotation at this point. Um, I haven't looked at Pekovic trades at all, but I think I'm with you. (laughs) 
three years and almost 40 million left on his deal, that's going to be really hard to find a taker on that one. Yeah, I think the only thing you could do with someone like Martin is is try and do a salary dump, you know, with a with a team like the Sixers again, because they're going to be everyone's favorite landing yeah, spot. That could come, be come trade time. It's just uh, whoever gets to him first. Exactly, because he's only on the books for one more year. Yeah. Who Martin? Yeah. Does he Martin's have a, Does he have an option on the second year? I'm not sure. All I know is that the trade machine has him for two years on ESPN. It has. Uh, it has misled me in the past, though. No, he is fully guaranteed for 7.4 next year. Okay. Which isn't... I I still think that's decent value for him. It is. If he's playing just, like 20 to 25 minutes for you off the bench and just shooting five threes, I, that's fine. It's just tough to give up anything for him. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll just say every every guy we can't find a deal for, we'll just dump on the Sixers. Yeah, that that's perfect. <laughs> I'm on board with that. All right, you have another one? I do. This is uh, this one is another from Brendan McElrath at Boiler BMAC, and his question is, what's the best case fit for Ben Simmons? I, I love this question, and I think about it <laughs> a lot. I'm really uh, intrigued by Ben Simmons. I think he's going to be fantastic. And I think the best fit is Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. Um, the idea of Simmons... Davis pick and rolls is just crazy to me. Two six ten guys that are really athletic. I think Simmons is going to have to learn how to trust his jump shot a little bit more and and maybe improve improve it. Maybe that's why he doesn't trust it right now. Um, but I think that has the potential to be one of the most devastating one two punches we've seen in a long time. And I think you mentioned this earlier in the podcast. This is why New Orleans needs to tank they need to they need to be major sellers at the deadline get rid of every one of these big contracts they can eric gordon tyreek evans uh drew holiday ryan anderson they should all be available i would even shut davis down (laughs) some fake injury um and just go all in because you're not you're not gonna achieve anything more than like a first round thrashing this season um in the playoffs so you might as well try to get that 25% chance to land another superstar. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree that that is probably the best destination for him. I hope that the Pelicans do go down that route because that core would be so much fun for mm-hmm. years. I also would love to see him in Minnesota. Because That's crazy too. The potential yeah. of Wiggins, Simmons, and Carl Anthony Towns all playing together is incredible. Yeah. And, and because his skill set overlaps with Ricky Rubio to such an extent – you can then move Rubio, mm-hmm. get something of value for him, and slot in Levine at the one, have a gigantic lineup that still has enough shooting and playmaking and athleticism, just all the athleticism. Yeah. That, that would be so much fun. Here's my follow-up question for you. Where, where do you play Ben Simmons? Like, in that, let's say in that situation in Minnesota, is he a three or a four? Does it matter? You're talking to somebody who doesn't think positions matter in general. Yeah, I knew kind of when I asked that, actually. <laughs> so if you want a front court of Wiggins, Simmons, and Towns, awesome. If you want to play Wiggins, Simmons, uh, Jang, and, and Towns, that's fine, too. If you want to throw Shabazz Muhammad in there, awesome. If you want to play Simmons at the one, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, it. I, just, I don't care. I think I'm with, I think I'm with the first uh, option that you threw out is my favorite. Wiggins, Simmons, Towns, three, four, five. I love that. 
And I think I think town or I think Simmons is if we're gonna keep using positions, as I'm sure most people outside of Adam Frommel will, um, I think he's best suited at power forward as kind of like a super Lamar Odom. Um or like a super Tony Ku coach. I, I just I think he would open things up and then you could fill the lineup with, with shooters around him and a rim protector. I I think there are so many possibilities for him. I like the Lakers option too. Um assuming... really though, is there a bad option? Like no. this is a supremely talented individual who is going to make it work there, wherever. Yeah, it is. there really isn't. Um and I actually just wrote about this today, and that was that was the, the thought that came to my mind is I looked at all these teams that have a chance at the number one pick, and I was like, it works everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Even the 76ers who have like this glut of big men already, you just trade a couple of them, um, and you're set. Like he, he literally works anywhere. I think that's probably the least ideal situation for him. Just I agree. Because- they do have Dario Saric, Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, and if he's ever healthy, Joel Embiid. I'm not yeah. even convinced that he exists at this point. But <laughs> I uh, did say that one or more of those guys would have to be traded. They, they absolutely would. Yeah. The other thing that I want to say about Simmons is, are, are we entirely sure that he can't shoot? Because no, he's shown, he's shown no evidence of having a jumper, but he's shooting 74% from the free throw line. And the thing with him is, he's so physically gifted and able to finish around the basket and get to the basket, but he hasn't exactly needed a jumper. No. And if he's not going to need one, then there's no point in him showcasing something that's only mediocre. Yeah. And there are, there are a lot of analytics guys who say that free throw percentage is your best indicator of whether or not a guy will shoot well in the NBA. Um, and 74% is, I mean, that's decent. And, and kind of what you were saying, how he finishes around the rim, if you watch him play, some of his finishes have an insane amount of touch on them. And touch is a general basketball skill that translates across several areas, and obviously it would translate to shooting. So I think if he's if he's shown great touch around the rim and he's shown a competent free throw stroke, I, I am not worried at all that he'll be able to add a, a mid-range jumper and a, probably a three-point jumper. To me so far, it kind of seems like he's everything we wanted Wiggins to be and everything that he wasn't. Yeah, kinda. I've <laughs> obviously they don't have the same game, but in, yeah, in that's true. Of, in terms of hype Dem- and living up de- to that, that yeah, hype. I would agree with that. I love his demeanor, um, and this is something that I've no- there's like this influx of Australian players into professional basketball now, and one thing I've noticed about all of them is they're very unselfish and they're very competitive. And I can see that in, in Simmons. And I think it's helped a lot of guys. Andrew Bogut, um, Matthew Dellavedova. Uh, I said I blame everything on him earlier, but I have to admit, <laughs> he fits both of those characteristics that I named. Um, you mean it's almost like they didn't grow up playing in an AAU circuit? Exactly. <laughs> That's a great point. AAU versus the Australian Institute of Sport. It's, uh, it's quite a contrast. Patty Mills is another one. I could go on about Australians, so I better stop. <laughs> Um, okay, I have another one here. This this one will make Dan Favalli happy, our co-host who's not with us tonight. Um, let's see. Something that isn't a pick for Brandon Jennings to the Knicks. This is from his handle is at they love they. His name is Carolina15-1. This is a quite a tangent, but I... 
it's so weird when people change their Twitter names to their favorite team and their favorite team's record. Have you seen that? Yeah, I, just, I don't really understand it. But. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, um, something that isn't a pick for Brandon Jennings to the Knicks, either O'Quinn or Serafin maybe. What do you think about that one? I'm going to shoot this one down because as much as the Knicks would love to get their hands on a point guard like Brandon Jennings, the Pistons aren't going to give him up because like we've already said earlier on this, on this episode, they don't have any depth. They need depth. As soon as Jennings returns, that gives them a little bit more depth. And I know I keep repeating depth, but it's, it's a pretty important word for this team. And they don't really need to build upon a strength that they have with Drummond by adding somebody like Kylo Quinn or Kevin Serafin. So I, I don't see it happening. And beyond that, I'm not sure that I understand the mentality that Jose Calderon has to be replaced at all costs. It seemed like it's kind of pervaded Nick discussions for like more than the last year. And he is a severely flawed player who doesn't play great defense and isn't as much of a playmaker as they might like, but he does bring some significant positives to the table. He's shooting 40% from downtown this season. He's a great spot-up shooter. Like he, he actually fits what they're doing pretty well right now. Yeah, former 50-40-90 guy. And those Especially are... because Melo looks good as a playmaker this season. Like yeah. If anything, the need to replace Calderon is mitigated even more by Melo's improvement. Yeah. I don't know if I love this one either. Um, and it's for basically all the same reasons you said. One of the Pistons' biggest weaknesses this season has been backup point guard. They've been shuffling back and forth between Steve Blake and Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I, I don't know if there's any reason for them to move Jennings this season. He could be a great sort of spark plug off the bench for him. Stan Van Gundy has come out and said, right now we're, we don't want to move him. They, it's kind of like, we'll see what happens. Um, but it's at the same time he's saying nothing's happening right now. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's a ton of deals out there for Jennings. I, I think teams like the Knicks will be interested, like you said, but like Kyle O'Quinn doesn't give you enough to make up for what you're losing, basically. So I admittedly haven't really thought this one through, and it might be a totally harebrained idea. But if I'm going to move Jennings anywhere, it might be to Detroit's starting lineup when he's healthy and move Reggie Jackson to the back into that sixth-man role. Oh, interesting. So let him serve as that all-in-one offensive spark off the bench for a second unit that so desperately needs it because you can still make that lineup work with Jennings replacing him and leaning a little bit more heavily on Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Jody Meeks when he's healthy um, and then let Jackson just go nuts off the bench. Yeah, I think that could work. I I still think there is a really, I I still think there's a really strong stigma around starting in the NBA, and they especially just, for him because he was so unhappy coming off the bench. In yeah, Oklahoma exactly. So it might be a tough sell. And they just they just gave him five years, eighty million. Right? Was that his mm-hmm. deal? Something like that. Um, so I think that would be a tough sell. I I don't mind it really from a logistical standpoint, the way that you explained it. Um, but I think basketball players are temperamental um, and sensitive to certain things. So I think that might be a tough one for them to pull off. It's easier to have Jennings off the bench because he's coming off the Achilles. And he, he, they acquired Jackson after the Achilles. So he knows where he stands in that rotation. At the risk of diving too far down this rabbit hole, I've never really understood why it's more important to start a game on the court than to finish it on the court. Because even if Jackson was the sixth man, you know that he would be on the court at the yeah. end. I can't explain it to you. I played. Uh, I had a teammate in college who was 
he was really good. He said he never started even in high school um, up through his – he ended up starting our senior year. But it, I think he was upset about it that he never started up until his senior year of college. But his junior year, he averaged like 17 points a game, and he finished games. And I don't, I don't know. I never really – there is just this thing. I don't, it goes back as far as basketball does, it seems like, that if you're a basketball player, you just want to start. There's like status to it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. <laughs> It's what's burning my bacon right now. <laughs> well, speaking of that. Bacon, bacon, where's the bacon? I smell bacon, bacon, bacon. Gotta be bacon, only one thing smells like bacon. That's bacon. I will take the burning bacon in this edition. Um, the smoke is filling my home here in Laramie. And it's over baseball, which I usually, I, I used to love baseball as a kid. I don't really get all that worked up about it anymore, but. The recent Hall of Fame induction of Ken Griffey Jr. got my my bacon burning a little bit. Not that he got in, obviously, but that he got in on 99.3% of the vote. Three voters decided not to vote Ken Griffey Jr. into the Hall of Fame, which is just insane to me. And I remember feeling the same way when Greg Maddox was inducted. He wasn't unanimous either. And there's this unwritten rule among baseball writers that you can't you can't elect somebody unanimously because Willie Mays and Babe Ruth and all the, the greats of bygone eras weren't unanimous either. And it's, <laughs> it just, it doesn't make any logical sense to me. Like there's no reason for these guys not to vote for Greg Maddox and Ken Griffey Jr. They're hall of famers. It's just, it's very strange to me. I think we need to throw out some of the stupid tradition stuff. So I fundamentally agree with you, but I will provide a little bit of a rebuttal here by complaining about something else that the BBWA does. And it's, uh, it's limiting the ballot to only 10 people. And when the selections are so stacked like they've been recently, that's actually problematic because there might be more than 10 people who are deserving of your vote. So if you have a couple writers who decide that Griffey's going to get in. It doesn't matter if I vote for him. That's essentially a wasted vote. Let me instead use this 10th spot on a guy like Alan Trammell that actually needs the support. Then that makes sense to me. But still, I mean, there's, there's a, a severe flaw in the voting process. It doesn't make sense. It needs to be blown up. Yeah, I honestly didn't think about that until you just brought it up before the show. So I, I think that makes sense, but I would agree with you that that needs to go too. Because these guys, there's clearly no reason <laughs> that some of these guys should be out of the Hall of Fame. So you 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 got to find a way to fix it. Just because Greg Maddox or Ken Griffey gets in unanimously doesn't mean that you're saying they're better than Babe Ruth or Willie Mays or you know whoever Cy Young, whoever else got in without unanimous votes. It just means that you fix the system. <laughs> At the risk of commandeering your burning bacon, go for it. My other my other problem with Hall of Fame voting is that. Pete Rose isn't included, that Barry Bonds isn't included, that Roger Clemens isn't included. And yes, they, took, they probably took steroids. Yes, they gambled on, on baseball, and they are fundamentally flawed athletes as a result. But if you look at the Hall of Fame, like Ty Cobb, terrible person. Yeah. I mean, you've got all the guys who took the amphetamines up until the 90s, and they just weren't panned at the time. And it's problematic to me when you have a Hall of Fame that is attempting to insert morality into it because – the home run record is probably the most sacred record in sports, and the Hall of Fame doesn't honor the guy who holds it. 
Like yeah. whether whether he has an asterisk next to his name or not, and by all means, put that he took steroids on his yeah, back that's fine. in the Hall of Fame. But you have to recognize them because it's not a proper Hall of Fame if you don't have the home run leader, if you don't have the hits leader included. It's, if you're going, if you're taking your kids there and you're trying to explain the history of this sport by showing them these plaques, what are you going to say? I agree with you on that. And if you're going to, if you, if you want to have like a moral aspect of a Hall of Fame induction, where do you draw the line? There, <laughs> there have been so many professional athletes um, who are messed up personally outside of their sport. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I just don't think there's anywhere to draw the line. So I think you do what you said. You put them in and it, it's very simple. You'd say he was in the steroid era or something like that. Everybody knows. You don't even have to say it. Yeah. Um, it's It's silly to me. I mean, even if... Even if you have the people who complain that Barry Bonds should never be in the Hall of Fame because he took steroids, then they could still go to the Hall of Fame and be like, he's here because of what he did on the field. He's still horrible. We yeah. can still bash him all we want. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm sure some of you out there have some opinions on this. I'm sure some of you disagree with us. Uh, if you want to talk about it on Twitter, you can reach Adam at Frommel09, F-R-O-M-A-L-09. I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. Dan, who's not with us tonight, is at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. And then the uh, the show's handle is at Hardwood Knox. You guys can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, where you can favorite us. And you can find us uh, on our new home, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, a lot of great NBA podcasts on there. The Dunked On podcast. Uh, Chris Sheridan's podcast is on there. So we're now a part of that NBA uh, basketball team at blog talk radio so you can find us there too um make sure you subscribe or rate us wherever you go and uh shout out to bino udri the iphone 10r is here at t-mobile and there's a whole lot to love like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share nice and how emojis now turn every facetime with the kids into fun time <laughs> in fact the only thing you'll love more than your iphone 10r is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan that's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. 
$30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.